Hey mamas, welcome back to episode six. We could not be more excited to introduce today's guest. We are interviewing Jennifer Davison, the owner of Temple Northwest. Jennifer Davison is a native Oregonian and local entrepreneur. She previously worked as a business consultant and has recently opened Temple, a boutique gymnastics studio for kids in Northwest Portland. Gymnastics has been a lifelong passion for her, but it's also a perfect place for her to raise her two daughters. As a mama with two girls under the age of six, finding time to balance it all has been a lifelong journey and learning to accept the present moment for exactly what it is. Y'all, Jen is amazing. It was so nice speaking with her and hearing her postpartum story. She is such a real and honest person who has a story that is so relatable and I'm sure many mamas can identify with. There were several moments where Krista and I gasped and laughed. We just really enjoyed speaking with her. So we cannot wait for you to hear this episode and really hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Welcome to the So You Had a Baby podcast. We are your hosts, Inkiru and Krista. We'll be sharing empowering stories and topics to inspire women to grow and love themselves more throughout their postpartum journey. Join us each week as we work to change the stigma around postpartum. Jen, we are so excited to have you on as our guest today. Thank you so much for being here. So let's start by having you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. So your name, your profession, who you're a mama to, and what led you to an interest in working in your field? Yeah, so um, my name is Jennifer Davidson. I go by Jen. Um, I'm a mama to two young girls, Kaylin, who's almost six, and Clover Lee, who will turn two this June. Um, I currently own a small boutique gymnastics center um, called Tumble, and honestly, I feel like this has been a lifelong journey to get here. I love this business so much. I called my mom maybe a couple weeks after opening, and I said, I should have been doing this since I was 18 <laughs> and I'm almost 40. So <laughs> like, I really like, I could have done this my whole career. Um, but I feel like, you know, my, my growing up doing gymnastics and competitive gymnastics and then where that led me through college and, and whatnot, um, was such a great foundation. Um, but really it's like all of my other career choices, like getting my MBA and then becoming a business consultant, all of those things got me to the point where I was confident enough and felt prepared enough to open something like this where, you know, not only do I now have overhead, but it's the sole income for my two young kids and it's a place where my kids are sort of being raised. And then, you know, I have an impact on the community. So I feel like a lot has kind of brought this all together and, and I finally landed in the place that feels like, oh, this is my home. Like, this is what I'm meant to be doing. Oh, that's so amazing. I love that. That's <laughs> awesome. So yeah. to your postpartum experience, if you could describe it in one word, what would it be and why? So I would say grounding. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I feel that way is that up until the moment my first daughter was born, I had a lot of doubt and I was really scared, like truly feeling almost unworthy of being her mother. Mm. And the moment she was born, all of those things disappeared. And it was the most grounding experience I've ever had where I just felt like, oh, like, I mean, it might sound a little silly, but it's like thinking about like the roots of a tree. It's almost like 
I was a tree with no roots. And then the moment she was born, it was just like, boom, roots. Mm -hmm. Like you're here, you're grounded. This is your life. And like things have been different ever since that day for me, um, you know, personally and, and professionally, but really just a grounding experience for me. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yes. I totally got chills this morning. I know. <laughs> That's an amazing, amazing amazing So we're going to ask if you could share your postpartum story with us. Yeah. <laughs> Intense, right? Um, <laughs> going back there can sometimes be intimidating. So um, I, I feel like during pregnancy, um, I'm going to share my, my postpartum with my firstborn because I feel like that one was the one that was the most challenging for me. Um, but really, I feel like pregnancy for me has two phases. I have like so sick and barfing for the first half. Just there's nothing, nothing sexy about the first half of my pregnancy. <laughs> I just feel sick. <laughs> and then the second half, I'm so huge. I can't do anything. Like I basically have sick and then exhausted and that's it. And and it was intimidating for me because so many people around me really, truly love pregnancy and they just felt so, you know, kind of connected to the baby and happy and all of that stuff. And I, I did not have that experience. Um, <laughs> and so um, when it came time for my daughter's birth, I had all of these ideas and expectations you know, I'm, I'm well educated and I, I know what hospital births can kind of like get you into and I'm going to do it natural and I'm working with midwives and a doula and, you know, I had all these things. And when I went into labor, um, I was actually, I went really fast, like from 20 minute contractions down to two minute contractions within a couple of hours. Oh, wow. mm. And then I stayed at two minute contractions for two days. <gasps> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly the horror of it all. <laughs> it was exactly that traumatic. And I, it was like everything that I had thought in the moment, like what was going to happen and what I expected, and like none of it happened from the moment we got to the two minute contractions. And, and I knew sort of intuitively something wasn't right. Um, and, you know, it turned out that my daughter was, what they call transverse, which means sort of head down, but sideways. Mm. And so she couldn't, she couldn't make the turn or the flip to come out. So after two days of labor, which probably I, they, they, and myself, like we all let me go a little too long. Um, we decided to do like an emergent C-section. And when my daughter came out, I think from the trauma of two days of smashing her head into my bone, um, <laughs> my bones, she um, had like an APGAR of one and they retested her and she basically did not cry and wasn't making any sounds. And all I could hear is like, I knew they pulled the baby out mm -hmm. and then silence and then lots of people talking about what was wrong with her and trying to get her. And they ended up taking her immediately out of the room without saying a word to me, just mm -hmm. like taking her out of the room intubating her putting a feeding tube in and like now I I'm the mom to a very healthy almost six-year-old girl but in that moment of so much fear and mm. and anxiety and worry and you've been in labor for two days with no sleep yeah. you've now had a c-section which is like this very traumatic physical experience and then they just 
take her out of the room and I'm not even sure if she's alive or breathing or what's going on. So oh my I think for me, yeah, it was just this, it was a really, a really difficult thing. Um, and I think, I think that a lot of what was going on for me besides, you know, like the physical and the kind of feeling alone, like people don't understand and, and, and frustrated with how things were processing and not feeling like I was getting through to the medical help. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of it had to do with the expectation or the story I had in my head Mm -hmm. and not recognizing that instead of being present in the moment, I was latched onto this thing. And so while all of this is happening, I was kind of shaming myself, Mm -hmm. right? Like I hurt my daughter. I, I didn't do things the way I was supposed to. Mm. What's wrong with my body? Why can't I have a natural birth? You know what I mean? It was just so much going on. Um, And so hopefully, I don't know if that answers like completely, but that like, that's kind of where I was in like the dark place of all of it. Right. It's just this like, this is what has happened. And, and like now what, right? No, most definitely that answers it. I want to ask you a question regarding this part of your story. We talked about Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. What, can you please explain what that means just for our listeners and also for myself? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, what does that mean exactly? Having a score of one. So basically, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm like looking this up to remind myself as we go, but <laughs> basically right when your baby is born, they do a test called the APGAR and they look for things like it. So it's, it's like appearance, pulse, grimace, activity, respiration, and so they give them a, a score of zero to two. And so if you're, if you're getting a one, right, and when each of those, I guess, five things um, is scored a zero to two, that means that basically she had a one in one category. Like if their skin doesn't look good, if they don't have a good heart rate or maybe no heart rate, if they're not breathing or the breathing is really um, like strained, these are all things. So you want kids to be at a, you know, you would want kids to be at a minimum of like a five, right? Um, yeah. Because each of those things would be scoring a one, yeah. right? And so when those things are, you know, like her skin wasn't the right color, so that's a zero. And, you know, maybe I like, I, I don't know that she was breathing, so absent or no breathing. So that's a zero, right? So they're going through like activity, muscle tone, like are they floppy or are they moving? All of these things add up. And so initially she had a one, mm. which is like comp- really, you know, it's very scary, which, which in their defense, that's why they took such serious and extreme action is that mm. she, they, and they do the test, like, I don't know if it's every 30 seconds or every minute, but like, if you, you know, they kind of do things, they manipulate the baby and they do some things and then they retest. And then it's kind mm. of like once they have two or three of those really bad tests, then they, you know obviously have to take greater measure and I, and I'm not a doctor or an expert. <laughs> this is just kind of what I know from Google and from my own experience and kind of what I remember of the nurses and doctors like walking me through. Yeah. That's so scary though, to have the baby being rushed out, mm-hmm. not, not having answers. That's when you've already gone through so much. It's, it's, I can see that being such a scary situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with the sleep depri- deprivation and like the physical exhaustion, right. You're already not in your state, like a, <laughs> <laughs> like a grounded state of mind in that sense. Totally. I mean, with this being such an intense start to your, mm-hmm. your postpartum journey, how did that kind of, did that carry into the rest of your postpartum or how was, 
Yeah. So I think for me, kind of that, that struggle continued with just the believing that I was good enough. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and like remembering that I exist as a human as well. Right. So it, it Mm -hmm. did in, in ways. So I guess it, for me, it was kind of like when I finally got to see her and hold her and, and try to nurse her and all of those things, a lot of that, an initial kind of fear and anxiety, all of that sort of dissipated, like, oh, I know I can do this. And I, I, I understand what it is that I'm meant to be doing with her. And um, I felt so connected. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a mom now. Like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but the, the struggle that continued was more around the believing that I was good enough Right. Not that can I handle it? That part was, it was, am I good enough? Like, am I a good enough human being? I don't know if accomplished enough, but just like to raise her, like, does she deserve somebody better than me? Mm. You know? Yeah. And so it was interesting because it's like in one hand, I felt like, oh, I've got this and she's mine and and I'm hers and and like, we're meant to be together. And I get this now. Mm -hmm. I understand my purpose, like in the world and on this earth. But the doubt continued for a while. And that was probably, you know, that was something that I had to really work through and find ways of understanding what that was really about and and getting to the point where I actually at one point had her laying next to me on the bed and I said, I'm sorry to her. Mm. And even now it makes me want to cry, but it's like, it sounds silly in some ways because it's like I did nothing wrong Mm -hmm. right like I'm I'm a completely normal female human being who had a birthing experience right um and yet I that was part of the healing for me was to apologize to her that like it didn't happen the way that I had intended it to and that she got brought into the world in a pretty traumatic way right instead of getting to like come out naturally and be laid right on her mother's chest she was yanked away by doctors and had tubes shoved down her throat and in her stomach right like so for me that was a big part of the healing um as a way to sort of transition out of the shame and guilt over what had happened and how it had happened and move into this sort of more understanding human place with it yeah Yeah. that's so powerful just that I feel like it's that that part of it is so overlooked a lot of the times, but mm-hmm. but for for women, I feel like you really do hang on to a lot of that shame, like you were saying. And so, mm-hmm. e- even though you, I mean, you really don't need to say that, but in your heart, you feel like you want to. And if that is what allows you to move through that, then I mean, so so powerful that you even said that because mm-hmm. I feel like so many women ashamed to even say that out loud you know yeah yeah and it was definitely emotional like I I was like bawling (laughs) (laughs) and she's just laying there like what's happening but I I was definitely like this is so powerful yeah (laughs) (laughs) I know right baby's like you need therapy Um, (laughs) I feel like you shared so much of your postpartum story and your struggle but if you could choose maybe a couple or one biggest struggle that you had in your postpartum, what would that be? Could you share that with us? I mean, I think that part around like believing in myself was uh, like my internal dialogue was my biggest it, like internal struggle that I probably didn't share outwardly with anybody because I felt like 
people didn't connect or understand what I was talking about. Mm. But I think externally, my biggest postpartum struggle was um, learning how to exist when there's this other human that now sort of trumps everything about me right like she's now the most important person and like I have to keep her alive and I have Mm -hmm. to you know and we had a really um a really hard time nursing it took us six weeks Mm -hmm. to figure that out Mm -hmm. um and after figuring it out I had I think six or seven cases of mastitis so that part of like, how do I exist and take care of myself when there's this other person who needs to be a priority? Mm. And I think that for me, like, you know, you know, beyond the sort of mental part that I was working through postpartum and and kind of got to a better place with, it was this piece of how do I exist? What does this look like? Because guess like, she doesn't care if I have mastitis and I'm laying on the bathroom floor crying or sick to myself. Like she doesn't, and I have a fever. Like, she, that's nothing she can do about that. Right. Yeah. And I still have to feed my baby. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. So that was yeah. probably my biggest struggle. Mm. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, it's so true. Mm-hmm. They, they, they just keep on going. You have to figure out, figure it mm-hmm. all out around it. So you have to figure yeah. it out for yourself without any guidance, without any, anyone that knows exactly what you're going through. Yeah. That's what's so difficult about about the transition. Yeah. Yeah. That, Definitely. That other people's advice may not even apply to your situation. So you just kind of have to wing it on your own. Yeah. Totally. So what would you say was your biggest win in postpartum? I definitely think that that moment of feeling grounded for me personally was such a big thing because it, I didn't realize that until having her, how easily I was influenced by other people and by my own feelings of guilt. Um, So for example, I had a really hard time saying no. And Mm -hmm. if people asked me to do things, I would just agree or sort of cave. Even if I initially was like, Oh, I'm not sure, blah, blah, blah. I would be convinced into things. Mm. And after having her that, became so clear of like what I can and cannot take on in my life and why or why or why I would not choose to do that. And so I think that feeling grounded and finally having roots gave me the strength that I needed to have clarity and, and know when it, when for myself and my family, I need to say no and set really good boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a huge learning that you use for the rest of your life, being able to say no, what a, what an idea. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) So if you knew what you know now, what are three things you would say to your prenatal self to help you in postpartum? Oh man. (laughs) It's like, there's a million things, right? There's like a million things. And then there's like, what are the important things? Um, I think that I, would have told myself it's okay to tell people not to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a single mama and I think that there's so many really cool, great things about that. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that comes along with that is that people around me wanted to help. Yeah. And when people don't know how to help and you don't guide them, they just sort of step in. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that was something that I, I tell people when they're pregnant now is like, no matter what, at any point when you're in labor, 
it's okay to tell people to not be there. Mm. Um, cause I think I felt the pressure of like, I'm not, my labor's not moving fast enough and people are exhausted and I could like see that they were tired and I was like, I felt like I had to entertain them or like get the baby out faster. Yeah. <laughs> and that's so silly, but that's how I felt, right? Like, yeah. oh, am I being funny enough? Can I talk enough in between these two minute contractions? <laughs> so that's something like, you know, it's okay to tell people not to be there. And, 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 and I guess on the, on the opposite side of that is like, and asking for what you need the way that you need it. Like that, this is like one of the few times in your life when you can really do that and, and that it's important to do that. Mm. Um, yeah. I think the other thing is, is to let myself know that it really will be okay. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all of the fears and all of the things that I had built up in my head, while some of them were really valid, you know, like about money or, you know, decisions, future decisions and work and all of those things were valid, that, it, it really does work itself out, mm. right? Um, and so I think that's something that would have saved me a lot of worry during my first pregnancy. Luckily, I took that advice for my second pregnancy. <laughs> but, <laughs> but my first one, I didn't know, and I really was so worried, and I got hung up on it, and it, I spent a lot of days feeling sad or worried and concerned when I probably didn't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the other thing is to that, like, like whatever it looks like is okay, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know... Whatever your body looks like, whatever your pregnancy mm-hmm. looks like, yeah, you know, totally. like, like it's okay, and and that's part of like the fun of it, right? Like, I mean, it it was awful to feel sick for half of my pregnancy, but looking back, it's also kind of funny to be like, like I don't know what these three phases of pregnancy like. I just have like sick and and way too huge. Like that's it. There's two <laughs> phases for me. <laughs> that's it. So yeah, I know it's it's nice on this side of it how you can how you can look back and kind of make light of these situations mm-hmm. that in those moments you're so overwhelmed by and so mm-hmm. weighed down by yeah. to be able to stand on the other side. And I think this is why I love this question is because for anyone who's pregnant listening to this, it's like, these are like little nuggets of wisdom that are so helpful. <laughs> yes. And yes. They're heard, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Completely. <laughs> and what is the biggest lesson you've learned from your postpartum experience that you would pass on to someone else or who, or someone that's listening. Yeah. I, I think whatever you feel is okay. Just don't judge it. Really just be with it. It's kind of, again, I mean, it might sound a little bit airy fairy or woo woo, but the reality is it's like, honestly, whatever you're feeling is okay. Mm -hmm. Right. If you feel sad, you know, that's okay to be sad. And if you feel mad, you can be mad, you know, pregnancy Mm -hmm. and postpartum doesn't have to be this really beautiful, perfect picture. Mm. Um, and that if you can learn to be with it, the, uh, and like kind of write it, the emotions will work through, you know? Um, and I think with that is also like, you're definitely not alone. So whenever you feel alone, there are people that can be with it too, yeah. right? With those scary moments, with the hard moments, with the times when you, you know, you're so exhausted and you can't function and you feel like you're not going to be able to, to handle it. You know, it's kind of like people talk about finding your tribe and finding your people. And, and I mm-hmm. think that's really true. Mm-hmm. And also if your people in your immediate vicinity aren't the right people, 
you are not alone. There are people who can be with it, and, you know, and it's like learning to navigate what that is. Exactly. Oh my God. All the praise hands right I now. Know. <laughs> so I know. Yes. Speaking to our hearts right now. I know. Really. <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So on a lighter note, um, one of the questions we ask is what is your favorite mom hack? Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is my favorite thing um is just grocery deliveries oh <laughs> yes I cannot tell you I only had to take Kaylin as a two-year-old into a grocery store twice to have a screaming <gasps> milk outfit and carry her out under my arm and have everyone stare at me like parents just give you the look like they put their fists to the heart like I get yeah. you like I yes. I feel you and then other people are like, she must be the worst parent yeah. in the world, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Meanwhile, I had a brand new coffee that got left back on a grocery shelf because my kid's throwing a fit trying to eat a balloon. I basically saved her life and lost a coffee. <laughs> and these people glaring at me. So now I just do grocery delivery. I'm like, I... There are times when I'll go to the grocery store with my girls, but honestly, it's like, it saves me time and stress. And you know what? I spend time, you know, hanging out with my kid at home doing something else or getting her a bath. And yeah. I just, I don't, I don't judge that part. I'm like, you know what? Grocery deliveries, it helps me. It saves me. I'm willing to pay that little bit extra. I mean, now we have so many options, right? Like Amazon Prime now and Instacart and all of these things. Yeah. And it's like, it has been seriously, it keeps me sane. It's been such a godsend to have that. So girl, I love that. You should see me right now. I'm like inching closer to the phone. <laughs> I really want to know. So I like, want to yes. know what, what grocery delivery, like, company do you use? Yeah. I have used Instacart. Yeah, Instacart a lot and oh. Amazon Prime now. Mm -hmm. They they all have benefits. Like, now that Amazon bought Whole Foods, yeah. um, it's really easy for me to use the Prime Now app. They have all the stuff that I that I get. The grocery store is literally now it's a few blocks from my house, right? Like I don't mm -hmm. I, I walk with my kids occasionally, but the majority of the time we have it delivered. Yeah. Um and that has been really, really helpful. And their service, they used to make mistakes all the time. But since the purchase of Whole Foods, it's been a lot more consistent. Mm. Um, and I love Instacart. It's a little more expensive. Mm. And there, it's like, there are some little things, you know, like they, I don't know, they have some extra fees and some things. So it's like, you, you need to find the, the one that works best for you. But for me right now, I'm, I'm Amazon Prime now has been the one that is my go-to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited that you said this. I literally, I literally drove past the grocery store today with my two <laughs> the car. I was like, do I really want to do that? <laughs> no. I don't, nope. I don't need those eggs that bad. Yeah. Exactly. No. <laughs> well, I had, I had plans last night. I, I've just started trying to like give myself one to two days a week where I have somebody come and help with the girls, like, you know, one of their aunties and a mm -hmm. friend, just somebody to hang out with them for a little bit of time and give me a break. And Ew. it's something that I haven't done previously. So it, it's, it's like new, but I know that it's so necessary. And mm -hmm. um, I had plans, but they canceled. So I had my girlfriend come over anyway. And I went to the grocery store by myself. Like, that's what I yes, did with my time. 
just because so I'm like, yes. yeah, exactly. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the fastest grocery store ever. I was like, so proud of myself. Like, look at my basket, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I nailed it. I know, I know, right? Uh, like ten years ago, I would have been like, what is she talking about? Now I'm just mm-hmm. like, I was so proud, and um, you know, and. But these are the things, right? It's like these yeah. little things that we can do for ourselves that really make a big difference. Yes, uh. completely. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I am just looking into um, Amazon Prime now. And yes. I was so excited. I had someone tell me about it. She loves it. I looked it up. And they do not deliver to anyone outside of Portland. No. Yes. Well, you can get Instacart though, right? Oh, I have to look into that one because I look am Instacart. So yeah, because they shop at like Whole Foods, um, okay. and they like there's like a I don't know grocer something okay. green grocers. They have like a few shops, and one of them was in Beaverton. Mm. So I think that Instacart is probably has more connections with stores. Yeah. Um, as opposed to Prime now. I'm going to look into that. I just, I yeah. being a Prime member, you get the benefits of Prime Amazon Prime now. Yes. And I, I anyway, I digress. Yes. Just like, <laughs> I'm happy to hear you say that. I'm, 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 I'm actually, I'm going to deliver all my groceries to Krista. <laughs> yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> Oh my oh my gosh. So before we let you go, we really want yeah. to um, give you a chance to just like tell us more about your business and how the listeners can find you. Yeah. So right now they can find me um, tumblenw.com for the tumble gymnastics for kids. We start at six months and we go up to 10 years. It's a non-competitive gymnastics based program. It's really boutique feel. Um, and it's just something that I feel so passionately and excited about. And our Instagram and Facebook is TumbleNW. And then in my past life, I did um, business coaching and consulting. And I especially love helping women in business. So if somebody is looking for that, I'm always happy to coach on the side. And um, my website is uh, DavidsonCoachingCompany.com. So it's like uh, like a, and then Davidson, mm-hmm. David S O N coaching company.com. And that's where people can find me. I know that gym personally, and I adore this gym. It's so amazing. <laughs> and I know my daughter does too. So. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. It's been, it's been such a blessing for my life and my world with my daughters and really cool to get to meet families in the community. And just, I, I feel privileged every single day that this is the work that I get to do. So yeah. I really appreciate that feedback. <laughs> Awesome. I love that. I know that you mentioned it's in Portland. What part of Portland? For Yeah. Us? Yeah. It's in Northwest Portland. It's right off of Northwest Lovejoy um, in the old Paramount Studios building. It's really cool boutique mm-hmm. space. And awesome. um, I think that it's, it's something that everybody can come and do a free trial class. So if you think your little one would benefit or enjoy gymnastics, um, you know, reach out and we will get them set up for a free trial. Thanks so much. Thank you guys so much for the work that you're doing and what you're putting out into the world. I think this is really beneficial to women and and I just praise what you guys are up to. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was such an honor to have you on our show. Mm -hmm. Thank you for taking the time to be with us. Thanks. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We are absolutely grateful and humbled that you would take the time to tune in today. Please join us each week as we change the stigma around postpartum and help build a community 
where women can feel supported, loved, and empowered. If you'd like to connect with us, follow us on Instagram at So You Had a Baby Podcast, or you can check out our website at SoYouHadABabyPod.com. And if you want to hear more and be part of this community, please subscribe to our podcast. We'd love for you to join us each week. Thank you.